Bada boom, realest one in the room. How you doing? You're talking to Zoe. And right now, I am live and in color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. You know who I am, and you know who my co-host is, Jimmy Across the Street. And today we have a super, super special guest. It just kind of fell in my lap, Jimmy. It just kind of yeah. fell in my lap. Uh, my good buddy, uh, Rod Hicks, who is the owner of Collar and Elbow. And for those of you that don't know, that is the wrestling brand of T-shirts. Um, oh, yeah. Awesome stuff that they put out. Uh, a lot of people think that Al Snow owns it, but it, that's really not the case. Al's the Al's the face of it. Uh, sure. But Rod is actually the person. And he lives here in my town of Somerset, Kentucky. And uh, he, he just gave me a heads up. He's like, hey, Enzo's going to be at the comic shop up here at, uh, at uh, they call it Lemon Juice McGee. This this guy uh, wrestles locally and, and owns this comic shop that's really cool. He's got a really cool shop. Um, I'm not sure what the web address is or whatever like that, but if anybody wants to check it out, I'm sure you can Google Lemon Juice McGee's uh, mm-hmm. comic shop. And then Enzo informed me, and you'll hear here in a few, that uh, it was – I forget what the word he even used. And, and let me tell you something about Enzo. I did not know this. I did not know him. He's a smart dude, man. He's yeah. a very smart dude. Well, I mean, to be so quick witted, you, you've got some intelligence there. I yeah. Know, you know, you, <laughs> I bring up something that he kind of just scoots right past in the uh, conversation coming up. So I don't want to blow that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He, there are other microphone fellows that you've known really well that yeah. weren't, you know, anyway. Yeah. So, but he's intelligent, man. I'm telling you, I was, there was a, they dropped off a busload of, uh, job core kids and stuff. And he sat there and he talked to them and like gave them just advice on life. And like I said, I don't know the guy, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm going, okay, this, this guy's pretty, I only know what I'd seen on, uh, the internet and things like that. So I'm thinking, honestly, I'm thinking he's probably a goof or something there. You know what I mean? But he, right. he ended up being like super cool man and dude this dude rattled off uh there was a kid that uh that came and and took a picture with him his name was grant and enzo rattles off from the beginning i mean without missing a beat every president until he got to grant wow and i was like you know that may not sound like impressive or whatever but to me it was it was like he just did it like that boom 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 yeah and he also uh another the guy that i did uh the video uh we were uh i used to like you until we were facebook friends jonathan new that lives here in somerset also he was up there and he plays guitar and enzo goes just give me a just give me a, a sound and uh jonathan started playing Enzo started singing and it was really cool. And he's got, a, he's got a song. Uh, I'm not sure where you can get it or whatever, but it's like it, the line was Mickey Mantle. Don't give a fuck about you. Why do you care about him? And it was kind of like a, I don't know how to explain it. It was like, 
quit worshiping the idols sort of deal, you know, but it was really good. And I'm sure you could probably find it uh, somewhere. That's good. Well, you know, he's got, he's got his uh, Instagram page and he Mm -hmm. does some music on there and there. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's one called I tried everything or I've been everywhere. So I don't know, but anyway, it's a great song. I mean, is he, he's not Frank Sinatra as he worships, but he's talented man. And And, you know, you know, the, the funny thing too, was he was talking about how much he loves Kentucky and Tennessee. Yeah, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't fucking blame him <laughs> because if I was raised where he was raised, I, I cannot stand. Sure. I, yeah. I would never live up north. Never, ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Cannot, cannot. Oh my god, I just couldn't. Anytime I go there, I mean, I love the people or whatnot, but I just couldn't live there. And I understand why somebody from there wouldn't uh, love it down here. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. And I mean, you know, agree. And by the way, we love our listeners in Connecticut, New York, New Jersey. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Fix it up, Jimmy. Fix it up. (laughs) Just, just to let y'all know, we love y'all. It's just your, your, your buddies and your, yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry. You were born where you were born. (laughs) We can't help that, though. I mean, I can't help why I was born. You can't help where you were born. Exactly. We can't help it. It's just a thing. Whatever. But, hey, you know, if people were a little nicer to each other, and honestly, you know, a lot of people think, you know, the Northerners, I've dealt with Northerners in my family that are like, you know, you kind of, they just come off as like, hey, y'all are idiots. Yeah, they think we're dumb. They do. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, break down on a back road. Smartest. uh, See who's going to help. Or all the. You know, right. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. So without further ado, would you like to get to the Enzo? Yeah. Let's talk to Enzo. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live It In Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back and we are at Lemon Juice McGee's Comic Shop and we got Enzo. Call it the right thing. It's a comic <laughs> cavalcade, all right? Cavalcade. It's a fucking cavalcade. Right? I, don't, I don't even know what that means, Enzo. Nobody <laughs> knows what a fucking cavalcade is. Can you give us the definition? What do I look like? Well, Webster? Did. I don't know. I was sitting there talking to people, and I was thinking, dude, this guy's pretty freaking intelligent. Actually, you know, I'm a little smarter than your average baby boo. You know this? College educated, dude. You know my science teacher made a lawnmower work off piss? What? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fuck the mind. That's awesome. That's awesome. 
so I guess the first thing I want to know is I, I'm just going to jump straight to it, man. Why the hell are you not working somewhere right now? Um, man, that, you know what? That's a good question. I think that it has to do somewhat with probably like if you're a major promotion and you wanted to bring me in, mm-hmm. you probably want to see, you know, four years I've been out off of television. Mm-hmm. You probably want to see me working steady every week every weekend or something for a promo i don't fucking know dude yeah. I don't, I don't, <laughs> like i don't know uh why like per se why i'm not necessarily out there maybe it's uh some of the you know the i, I have been very adamant and open about the fact that i didn't want to go back and, mm-hmm. I, and i don't want to go back mm-hmm. so that has been out there in interviews and maybe that's the reason why you know my phone isn't ringing mm-hmm. but uh let me ask you this. You say you say you really don't want to. Have you just kind of lost the passion for the business? Oh, no. Actually, I regained complete passion for the business. I love uh, what I'm doing these days when it comes to pro wrestling. I get in the ring and I call a lot of my shit out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it makes my opponents real nervous. It's fun to see. <laughs> it's like when, I'm, when I hit them with the old brother shit. Dude, people don't realize I'm, I'm 11 years in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the way I work is very different. Mm-hmm. So when I go out there, I feel the crowd. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I grab the microphone in the middle of my match. You know, I'll put a foot in the rope and tell him, "Give me the mic." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, he would have made a great. You'd have made a great Memphis guy. You really? Oh, would've. buddy, I am Memphis. Bro. I'm Jerry Lawler <laughs> of my gener- of my generation. I am Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> Guys who work with Jerry Lawler on the Indies will tell you, like, you hear it all the time. Like, hey, what was it like working with Jerry? What'd you do when you were with Jerry? And they're like. You know, Pillman, for instance, was mm-hmm. in a tag match with Jerry, mm-hmm. and he was telling me, he's like, Jerry came up to us about two minutes before the, like we were going through the curtain, yeah. and he's like, yeah, just tag me when you want me to do the comeback. Just tell me. Yeah. It's like, that's Enzo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't even blow comebacks. I yeah. do two moves. I do a DDT off the second row. And I hit my finish. And if I'm on the indies, I'm going over. So <laughs> I'm going um, over. No ifs, ands, or buts. <laughs> I mean, don't don't put me out there against somebody who can fucking beat me, man. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm dude. I, what are we talking about? You know, like I mean, I I guess I'm humbled in the aspect that dude. I never expected to be um, a champion in pro wrestling mm-hmm. in the WWE, especially mm-hmm. I never thought I would have a job in the WWE. Mm-hmm. I got lucky when I got there and then it was just luck, you know, piled on luck, piled on luck. Pile. Dude, I was just stepping in shit every time I went out there, bro. Like just mm-hmm. fucking getting lucky, man. Like, and it's stars aligning. So it's timing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, if I debut in Philly, maybe the crowd knows where, who I am. But I debut on Raw the night after WrestleMania, mm-hmm. where the NXT crowd is in the house. Yeah, yeah. So they know who I am. Yeah. So it's like if you put me out there on a random, you know, uh, Monday night, anytime during the year, maybe shit would have went different. But it didn't, so we'll never know. But I know that timing was on my side. I got to FCW. I was there for a year, a little change, and then we changed to NXT. Mm-hmm. And so I literally painted the walls at the Performance Center built the fucking gym equipment, put together all seven rings. Mm-hmm. I was in FCW with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and Chris Hero and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville and, you know, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Big Cass, Dash and Dawson, Buddy Murphy, Wesley Blake. Bro, the, the, the fucking roster, people, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, 
Becky Lynch. Um, I mean, Alexa Bliss. You know, arguably the greatest women's roster ever assembled. Yeah. yeah, I was a part of something really, really special. Tag team wrestling was kind of, um, in NXT, a very serious, you know, proponent of what it is that we were bringing to the fray and women's revolution was that as well. So it wasn't just your heavyweight title match. It was a card. Mm -hmm. It was diverse. And I got the opportunity to be in the cars with those guys, be on the buses with those guys. And being a guy who never wrestled before in my entire life, before I got to the WWE, could you imagine the coaches I had? I was molded to the WWE standard. Literally. I am, I am there what they want no bad habits coming in no work habits from previous work i never wrestled before so now i'm dealing with you know the greatest wrestlers in the world trust me you don't make it to the top of the wwe find yourself in a pay-per-view with john cena if you can't wrestle yeah so my job was not to wrestle but you better believe i could yeah (laughs) you know what i mean i could wrestle my job was cut the promo if you're out there in a 10-minute match okay and it's on TV and you got a two, three minute commercial break. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that leaves us from fucking six, seven. Okay. And my promo eats up three minutes of that. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, <laughs> <gonna> do? <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? You think that I'm going to hit any offense? No wonder nobody thinks Enzo can wrestle. I never did shit because I couldn't. I chose the microphone over the drop kicks. Yeah. 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 And it was the best thing I ever did. That for makes my total sense, man. People don't realize that, man. It's the guys that can talk. You're talking them into the building. They're not wrestling them into the I building. I mean, I learned. You're talking them. I literally learned from people that this business We'll never see the likes of again. Mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes was my fucking mentor. Right. Talk about yeah. talking him into the building. Yeah. I think he invented the term talking him into the building, right. bro. Right. Like, and where are you going to get that schooling today? I mean, granted, the NIL program, the Performance Center, I saw that coming from fucking a thousand miles away. I was discovered straight out of college football, never had any wrestling experience. I was the NIL program before they invented the NIL program. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, I knew that they were heading in a fortune 500 corporate, you know, direction that was going to change the, the way business is handled backstage. I went from FCW where if you sat in the wrong chair and it belonged to somebody else, even though there was no bag on it, just you had heat. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. You're in the <laughs> ring and you're getting fucking molly by guys and you don't know that they're sniffing you because you've never wrestled before and you just think this is the way wrestling is. Uh, wrestling stiff as fuck. Mm-hmm. Fucking, you know what I mean? I'm out here with, you know, Harwood, Dash, and Dawson just get my ass kicked and I just think that's the way wrestling is. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's nothing against them. That's fucking them bringing me up. That's mm-hmm. them bringing me up to speed. That's me getting in the ring with the best guys in the world mm-hmm. and going toe-to-toe with them every fucking night. Yeah. So you got to be one of the best in the world to be in the ring with one of the best in the world. And anyone who's in the WWE and on TV is one of the best in the world. Yeah. yeah. That's just the way it is. I, I find it interesting that I heard you talking just a little while ago before we started this. I find it interesting that you never really, you, you don't have that. You didn't work the territories and you didn't really work Indies. You went straight to the, to the top. To the basically. Damn, baby. Yeah. And by straight to the top, like 
I debuted on NXT and it was my first match. I never had a yeah. live event. Right. They never put me on a live See, event. That's got to be crazy. And I show up to <laughs> NXT and I got women's leggings in my gear. I just got my boots two days before that. I got a jacket I ordered off fucking some eBay website for like $20. Uh-huh. My debut year. Those tights were bought in Macy's. They're fucking made for women. Dude, I was, <laughs> you couldn't get me to wear spandex no matter what. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I'm broke. What the fuck we talking about? I'm not wearing underwear out of this bitch. I'm not wearing fucking tights, bro. I'm wearing boxing trunks or fucking joggers. Okay? And they wouldn't let me. They were like, you're wearing fucking tights and you're wearing boots, not Jordans. Like, fuck, bro. I I know I got no Jordans. I got no boxing trunks. Then they make me dye my hair black because my name is Enzo Amore now. And if you want to be Enzo, you got to look Italian. So dye your beard black. Tell tell people what that means. I heard you say that too about your, 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 your name. What Enzo Amore, yeah. yeah. Enzo is head of the family, number one um, leader, and it means, you know, first, right? And then Amore means love. So it was one love, and I'm a big weed guy, Bob Marley guy, and fucking there it is. You've tried Ric Flair's One love, baby. No, <laughs> what is it called? The drip or something? The drip, boy. Oh, gosh, I love that, bro. I, no, but I'll tell you what, I love Rick, and want to talk about cool, bro. Man, imagine, you know, Charlotte learning how to wrestle. Uh, um at same, I I came in the building the same day as Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. We started on the very same day. Mm-hmm. Hell, hell, fucking hell! But hey, about thirty people came into that camp. The only ones that made it out of that camp, Charlotte, Ric Flair's daughter, Mojo played in the NFL. Baron Corbin played in the NFL, and I was a rapper who was working on a moving truck and managing a Hooters. <laughs> I think the odds were stacked against me. I'd like to think that I I fucking outkicked my coverage. I did a little better. Than, <laughs> better than people anticipated yeah um yeah man being there when rick was around for those early nxt days to watch his daughter like so cool because charlotte's in the product that rick flair is coming to our shows he's on our tour bus he's Mm. drinking with us at the bar like it was fucking crazy man brand new i was in wrestling for like three years called my homies back home like bro i am fucking getting hammered (laughs) with rick flair right now yeah yeah (laughs) Hey, uh, my co-host here, Jimmy Street, but I call him Jimmy across the street. Uh, I know he's got a couple of questions, don't you, Jimmy? First off, it's nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on the show, Enzo. Big fan, always have been. The one thing that I want to talk to you about is, have you ever heard the comparison of being the northern Jamie Dundee? Basically, (laughs) I could see you and Wolfie D reforming PG-13 if Jamie didn't want to, and honestly making a big deal out of this, man, because, you know, they're the nation of domination rappers. You're a rapper. I mean, it just makes sense. <laughs> hey, brother, I will tell you this as, 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 you know, as hard as I get just hearing that, bro, uh, <laughs> you know, not an SAWFT soft about that, right. sounds, but just like I've, I would tell, you know, any promotion, any promotion, I am a solo act. Yeah. Yeah. By yeah. all means. And I don't want to give anybody else the motherfucking rub. Never <laughs> Unless I'm in the ring with them and I'm letting them beat me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the rub ain't coming from fucking you're my new tag team partner. I was a part of one of the greatest tag teams in the history of wrestling. Sure. And yeah. if you don't think that, go back and watch the tape. You yeah. dumb Like, what are you, <laughs> what were you watching? Right. Better yet, don't watch the tape. Listen to it, you idiots. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fucking, what the fuck are we talking about? Being Cass got fucking incredible incredible fans incredible reactions everywhere we went 
NXT days straight onto the main roster. When I flipped heel and Cass was also a heel, he was getting booed out of the building. I was I was fucking eating him up out there. Give me the fucking microphone. Y'all eat your lunch. <laughs> um, and, you know, enough can't be said about how difficult it is. People remember the heel work that I put in at the end. Enough, enough cannot be said about a six-year babyface run opening a WWE show every single Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then onto Raw, then opening those shows, being the opening act of the WWE, the first song you hear in NXT from the Barclays Center to the O2 Arena in London from fucking armories at fcw the come up was beyond real and me and big Cass, kevin owens sammy Zayn, all the girls that i mentioned everybody we were all a part of something incredibly special and me and Cass played our roles to a t we were the opening act right you have to have a tag team title match on the show why would you put it in the opening match when you already have enzo and Cass in the opener which is just get the people on their fucking feet and and go straight through, no false finishes, don't reinvent the wheel, just like fucking real simple shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, bro, we were doing the YMCA out there, SAWFT Soft. The people just wanted to be <laughs> a part of the show. And I played my role. And um, enough cannot be said about maintaining that spot in the company for six fucking years. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Years opening up a show every weekend for mm-hmm. six years straight, yeah. never getting hurt. Never missing any time, just every night. Yep. Never missed a single day. I got fired at that point. I had never called in sick, not once. Really, never called in sick one fucking day. So I heard you talking. Uh, you said something about Bruno San Martino earlier when you. I went back and watched a lot of their their work. Who who the are your I, have, I have all the I have all the garden house shows. Oh, do you from the seventies? Wow, yeah, they're cool, that's, bro. They're cool, <laughs> dude. It's so funny. You see like a tackle spot yeah yeah place below yeah, us yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> he yeah. didn't do anything oh man it was fun um but who was your what, major influences in uh, the ring i'm not every, talking about every, on the mic. everything in my entire life was revolved around Shawn michaels as a child there wasn't even a such thing as wwf it was just when does Shawn michaels come on mm-hmm. i would call the show Shawn michaels <laughs> like mom could you put Shawn michaels on and he's like in the last hour of the show the last 10 minutes i'm i'm watching for Shawn michaels I was obsessed. Uh, it's not even like obsessed. Isn't the word like, bro, I was infatuated with becoming Shawn Michaels. And I can give you the reason why I've said this on podcast. So maybe this is for your listeners, not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw Shawn Michaels, the smallest guy in the ring outlast everyone in the Royal rumble and selling the whole time and dripping sweat in the end. And the most the, it, like, the most polarizing moment of my childhood that just literally manifested itself into a reality was when Sean wins this match, he gets Pamela Anderson. <laughs> when he, this little motherfucker came in at number one, outlasted everybody and he gets Pamela Anderson. I know exactly what I fucking have to do. I have to get in the rumble. I have to be number one and I get Pam Anderson and I had it figured out. I was eight years old and you couldn't tell me shit. And that's exactly what I was doing. 
discipline, dog. And I was in school. I went to alternative school. I got to the, you know, fights on the playground. I was fucking wild. I just wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah. Jumping off shit on people that weren't looking and whatever, you know. <laughs> it was pro wrestling every night. Um, yeah. Then the school told my parents that I couldn't watch wrestling anymore. It became a big deal. My childhood, I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling. But I would, I had DHSs, and I would, like, go back and watch those. But they weren't letting me watch Raw. Mm-hmm. But remember that one Raw where Shawn Michaels got knocked out and they went off air? No, I don't remember You don't that. remember that one? Uh-uh. Bro? Dude, for a week. <laughs> for a fucking week, I was beside myself. I just couldn't. What happened? Mm-hmm. What is, it was off of an enziguri from Owen Hart. Okay. All right. Owen Hart. shoot knocked him out. No, they just went off oh, air. To him. Back when you didn't have DVR and you couldn't yeah, yeah. Google the shit. Gotcha. There was no internet. Gotcha. You had to wait till next Monday to find out what happened to Sean. I got you. I got you. It was you. devastating. I feel you now. <laughs> Go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I have not watched one episode of 205 Live since you've not been on there. And I didn't watch one before. But you honestly made that show can well i'll say you- this guys i'll say this thank you for the compliment um i don't i don't want to sit here and take credit from anybody that did it, it takes a team i, I of course but i will say i will say this 205 live was beating nxt in the fucking network rankings when i was on 205 live nxt went on to get a television show on usa the show i was on was getting more viewers than that show was when I was on it. Yeah. Fuck we talk about. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? That uh that, that man, that's that's the achievement of my entire career, right? Like I took the cruiserweights on tour. Um we all got to wrestle on a Friday, Saturday. Those guys that only got flown to TV were working that weekend and getting paid. Um we went on a loop and it went extremely well. And it was the last wrestling match I ever had in the WWE. It was a cruiserweight 205 live tour. And I couldn't help but think how like I crescendoed and I never went down. Like I peaked and at my peak, they fired me Mm -hmm. and I was so scared to give that a sequel. I was like, bro, there's no way I could go back. Mm -hmm. Like when I looked at it in retrospect, I couldn't believe it happened. I was like, wait a second, bro. I was a wrestler on TV. (laughs) Not only that, we, I got a title. I fought in the garden. I fucking wrestled the Hardy boys at WrestleMania in their comeback ladder match. Mm -hmm. I was like, bro, this is a fucking fairy tale. When is the <laughs> WWE going to call me up with that bag for that goddamn page movie they made? My life is a movie. <laughs> if they don't make the movie about Enzo, they're absolutely tripping. The best movie they got under their fucking, under their thing. Look at the rise and the fall and the, you know, this to that. And then not only that, the girl that I got a job in the WWE, my ex is now their champion. Oh, Liv Morgan. <laughs> like, I, I, I managed her at Hooters. Uh-huh. I was her manager. I, I didn't manage her. I managed the Hooters that she worked at. I went mm. to go get food at Christmas, and I saw her, and I asked about her, and they said she wanted to be a wrestler. We connected, and I got her a tryout. She got signed, and I dated her. Now she's the champion. If I don't, I mean, if it ain't my movie, maybe it's fucking hers, people. Tell her story then. Like, holy shit. Like, that's the best story they got on paper. Um, and and P.S., um, super happy for the girl. Not, I didn't mean to mention her here and just say it, but like, no. she's the champion now. And yeah. our life was a fairy tale. Like, neither one of us ever wrestled. And um, we both came from the same gym, DeFranco's gym, where we just lifted weights and worked out and, and got in the ring. And uh, 
there's a hell of a story there if, if, if they can get Hooters on board for franchising and licensing mm-hmm. and then they, they get you know the, the, the page movie part two you know what I'm saying it's like mm-hmm. WWE make their in-house movies I got one for you guys call me up I'll <laughs> fucking write it for you you heard it here <laughs> Enzo's uh, A&E biography um, yeah well, it'll, it'll pop bro I'll, I me. feel like I will be one of those guys that when people look back in 20 years they're gonna be like Oh man, that guy, <laughs> that guy, that fucking guy. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. So what wrestler, let's, let's exclude Shawn Michaels because you just told me that was your major influence. Who's somebody of years past that's not with us anymore that you wish you could have wrestled? Wow. Wish I could have wrestled? Like, mm-hmm. as if, like, he was still alive? He could yeah, still be, yeah, if you could go back in time or whatever. Kelman. Brian Pillman. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I fucking, when I got out of the WWE, I literally hit copy and paste on Brian Pillman. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, did anybody else pick up on that? Yeah. I showed Fiverr yeah. series and then I parlayed that into the garden with Big Cass and the promos I was doing. Like, if you know Eric, like, dude, like, I, like, I was lucky to have my job. All I wanted to do was, like, I was happy to be there. They could have paid me, like, dick for bread and i would have been like all right i'm here you know what i mean like yeah. i wasn't one of those like um politicking for wins and losses obviously yeah. watch my career you saw that i just lost, <laughs> lost every night but as long as you had the microphone you had an opportunity to uh you know build yourself back up and i was blessed to get the microphone and without opportunity you have nothing yeah. so i owe all my all my like success now in life like post wwe mm-hmm. is because of wwe yeah, you know what I mean. Like type vibes. Like don't bite the hand that feeds you. Right, right. Like they blessed me in my life. I have no ill will or animosity towards them. Yeah, and I'm really lucky. So uh, I think that you know it, it takes a big stroke of luck and timing to get opportunity. But I was blessed with the opportunities I had. I certainly made the most of them, and uh, so did Big Cass and Carmella. Even you know when we were coming up in NXT with her. So. Uh, I was blessed to be a part of something really special in pro wrestling. And um, by the time I got out of pro wrestling, 
when I got released, dude, my, I had such a sour taste in my mouth. I had wanted nothing to do with wrestling. So, um, I'm really happy to be in a place mentally now where I can watch wrestling and it doesn't pain me. <laughs> so, all right. That kind of leads me to what I was going to ask you next. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff going on with punk and AEW and all that stuff. I just have this feeling. And, and when I was, uh, at the Ric Flair's last match, I worked on it and I was also a producer on it and I got to see firsthand. I also did slam anniversary a few months ago. Uh, and, and, and just being around and hearing, the newer uh, type of wrestler, I guess we could call it. You say you don't I have anti, any. Uh, I am anti him. <laughs> yes, am, no, 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 no. It's funny. Dude, I'm, I'm actually Jim Cornette. <laughs> good, good, because I love Jim Cornette. Uh, look, I never met Jim Cornette. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just know that me and him have the same exact philosophy. Yeah. If you watch me work, you'll probably never see me throw a punch. You know why? Because mm-hmm. nobody puts it over. Mm-hmm. Nobody sells. But if nobody you watch sells. me work, all I do is fucking sell. Yeah. Yeah. All I do is sell. And I learned that from Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson said, you sell in the ring, you'll sell tickets. You sell in the ring, you'll sell T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it just made sense. I didn't know what I was doing. I was green, right? So when you're green, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to sell. Right? I'm in the ring with guys who can go. They're calling it. They're doing it. Do you think the, that this generation right now, do you think they're just – because to me, especially from the era that I come from – these dudes would have gotten their asses handed to them in the ring for being little crybabies and bitches and shit. I just see a lot of that oh, man. crybaby I mean, bullshit. Man. I, I don't know. I just, bro, I'm so beyond the politics of pro wrestling. Yeah. Like you said, CM Punk, like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I am on my, like, dude, I show up to these meet and greets. I'm there for my fans. Yeah. Like, I'm not there to talk to any of the wrestlers about wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Or brother shit. Like, yeah. Like, I don't hang out with any wrestlers. I live in New Jersey. I have a boxing gym mm-hmm. where men really punch each other in the fucking <laughs> face and shit's real. Yeah. And I have a music studio and dude, just men don't lie on either side of the wall. Cause fists don't fucking lie. You know what I mean? And yeah. they fly where I live. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my, that's my sanctuary. That's my environment. Those are the people I'm around. So I'm not around pro wrestling and I have never, ever buried anyone, uh, ever, ever, yeah. um, politicking, uh, on camera. Go watch my promos. They were promos, people. They were fucking promos. That wasn't Eric talking about somebody behind his back right, or right, right. gossip and bullshit. Mm-hmm. Bro, I don't give a fuck. Go out there and do whatever the fuck you want if you're on the card with me. Mm-hmm. It does not bother me at all. Right. I think that if AEW got on TV with this style of wrestling, that there is clearly a market for it, then that should exist. And I personally feel it doesn't matter because I don't take things personal and I put myself outside of the equation. I'm not there and I don't give a fuck. If fans like it, then that's all that matters. I don't care. If the fans are going nuts and you hear the reaction, who the fuck am I to tell the Young Bucks not to fucking turn your back on your opponent and don't do fucking backflips and shit? Like, bro, look it, I don't do that shit. But clearly those fans that you have, they love that shit. So do that shit. I don't care. Yeah. It's not my problem. I think that I I will steadfast say that I am Jim Cornette. I have the same philosophy of working, whether it's like, you know, making a hold look good and fucking Mm -hmm. working a hold, Mm -hmm. working a hold. The people don't even know what that means anymore to work a hold. But I learned how to work a hold from the best coaches in fucking the world. I went to Harvard for it. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And I learned how to do it. But when the fuck is Enzo for six years as a babyface grabbing a hold? I'm getting <laughs> put in a hold. Somebody's grabbing a hold on me, dog. I, I just I didn't do the things that I know how to do because there wasn't money in it. There was money in selling, putting my heels over in the ring and dominating them on the microphone. Yeah. That's how it works. If I'm gonna shit on you and eat your lunch on that mic, I better give it back to you when I get in the ring. Mm-hmm. And there ain't nobody I ever worked with that's gonna say Enzo was difficult to work with. Right. I was the easiest guy to work with in the fucking company. What do you want to do? Do it to me. Hit me with your shit. Yeah. I'm going to kick out. These people are going to fucking go nuts. <laughs> kick it out is all that matters. It's all that yeah. matters. And yeah. then I don't even mean it like to bury that my opponent's shit. Yeah. I just mean literally how important it is in the match. Yeah. Kick out. Pop up to your knees. Find the camera. Show life. Show pain. Work all four sides of the ring. Like little shit that you just yeah. go and find the wayside on the indies. It's all the in-between stuff that I excel at. It was all the in-between stuff, the selling, the facials, knowing where the camera was, that I excelled at. And I did not concern myself with the wrestling portion of it because so many of the best wrestlers in the world were on the show that I was on, and they were all going to do that shit. And if Chad Gable, a former fucking gold medalist Olympian, is going to be on the card with me, why the fuck am I going to wrestle? Yeah. Chad Gable won a goddamn. He was at. Now, he didn't win it. Uh, and excuse the GD. I don't like to use the Lord's name in vain. He's a good guy. He's been well to me. So, I, I, I'm i on the same card as Gable. I got to be Enzo. He's got to be Gable. Gable's an Olympian. I'm not. So, I'm, I, I had nothing to prove. I played college football where it mattered how much you bench press, mattered how much you squat that summer. And if you had to look that guy in the eyes who was on the other side of the line of scrimmage and he ran you over on that play. Are you going to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say it's because he outworked you that summer? Because he outbenched you? Because he outsquatted you? He's faster than you? No, dog. I was a real athlete. Real fucking athlete. All state in high school. Fucking thousand yard running back. Look up the highlights of me slamming Victor Cruz on his fucking head. I, this is real. So when I got to wrestling, I realized, dude, none of that shit matters. None of it. Doesn't matter how much you bench, bro. Doesn't. Only thing that matters. Get over yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Jimmy. You know, the one thing that I want to talk about is the actual, I mean, I know we're kind of going backwards here and I don't want to, you know, but the the setup there with the match in the ring of honor or the possible match, what ended up happening there that they didn't want to pull that trigger? Because I thought oh. that was a beautiful well, buddy, start. You know what happened there? What's they that? Bankrupt and had to sell their company because they didn't Fair. sell out Madison Square Garden for a second time. That's what happened. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. And that's the shoot and the truth of it. Am I lying or am I not? I, what are we doing? Okay. So a company that sells out Madison Square Garden is going to go out of business in the same year. Right. Is that, is that ever going to happen? That Never. little company, that company is going to be able to keep the lights on for the next two years with the house money they draw from selling out Madison Square Garden. Okay, G.O.D., Enzo and Cass, Briscoe's triple threat match for the tag team titles in the main event of that in that building would have sold out Madison Square Garden without AEW. And to be fair, Big Cass hit a bump in the road sometime soon after that and, you know, went to work on himself. And now he's in the best shape of his life. And thank God he did that then. So, man, everything happens for a reason, right. but they didn't parlay that booking, and it was no fault of mine, bro. I got paid. I, I got I got brought in to do a job, right? Yeah. 
and I did that job to beyond perfection with Big Cass, the Briscoes, Joey Mercury, the producer, and Bubba, who came out and broke it up. Bro, that's the greatest work shoot this business will ever see mm-hmm. because it's only one time. You're right. That, 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 there's only one time where the first time in 60 years the garden opens its door to a, a man not named McMahon to run a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. And it's the night before WrestleMania in the biggest non-WWE wrestling event in the history of the business. Yeah. And the number one trend in the world that night was Enzo and Cass. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So what the fuck are you doing? If you are ring of honor and new Japan, like how, how much are you cutting your nose to spite your face? Like how much do you actually believe that Enzo and Cass are like, the guys who just had a fist fight, like bro, do you, we had the Briscoes, you know, they, let's just say the Briscoes were down to have a fucking fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's only one way to make it look real. Have a fucking fight. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't knock each other out. Don't break each other's teeth. Nose. If, it, if it happens, <laughs> it happens, but yeah. no, we're not laying it in. We're shooting, <laughs> punching each other. <laughs> we're shoot, hitting each other. And it's just, you know, it was, it, my hands were wrapped for it, bro. Like I, I wasn't trying to break a fist or break somebody's face. Um, and I put myself, the thing that really pissed off big Cass at that time and pissed me off was we went out and we risked our fucking lives. I did not know if new Japan would jump in on it or the other guys ringside. Cause what would you do if I went ringside and started punching one of your fucking locker room? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah dude, a curtain would fucking hit the ring. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know what would happen if I was in NXT and that shit happened. If Briscoe's jumped the guardrail, who the fucking wall went out there. Right. Right. Granted, Joey Mercury, I'm pretty sure. And Bubba told everybody at the curtain, like, stay the fuck back here. Mm-hmm. But the people who were at the ring, me and Cass were ready for it. Like, they could really turn on us and try, and it'll be a 10 on two uh, and you got to be ready for that. And it was real in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Bro, we risked our lives. We threw real blows, bro. We got fucked up from it. He was <laughs> fucked up. I was fucked up. They were fucked up. And it's like, we go out there and risk our lives for your company. And what, what the fuck kind of fucking admiration, respect do you give us for it? What, you don't give us a fucking phone call. You don't even call us to say thank you. We trended number one in the world. You were supposed to bring us in to pay it off. And now everybody gets cold feet because mm. of politics. Mm. Because yeah. of politics. And if you ask me why Enzo is not on TV, I think you have your answer. Mm. People are fucking scared. Mm. And I don't think they're scared of Eric backstage. People see me on the I'm on the indies all the time. You see me out here. Mm. I'm friends with everybody. I don't have a single enemy. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I am I give I will say this. I give the greatest meet and greet in pro wrestling. <laughs> you sat here and watched one. Yeah. Time. Yeah. I'm hugging everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to them, looking them in their eyes, asking their name, genuine questions. Yeah. Give them give them advice, life advice. I mean I'm sitting here watching yeah, I'm you. One, yeah. I'm one to give life advice. <laughs> But, uh, well, you did it. <laughs> and, and what's my life advice, right? You heard me say it, what, 10 times today? Believe in yourself. Yeah. Believe yeah. in yourself. Yeah. I'm so sorry that I believe in myself so much that it makes you insecure. Yeah. That's not my problem. That's your fucking problem, yeah. bro. You don't bother me when you come in the room and suck all the air out of it. I've been in the ring with John Cena. Okay? <laughs> you don't bother me that you are the man. Okay? 
there's room for you to be the man, for me to be the man, for him to be the man. Everybody's so insecure. It just boggles my mind in this business. So I, I just, I, I don't live in that world. So like if, if people come up to me and they want to talk to me, bro, I look at them like they're a human, not a wrestler. I'm not in the wrestling business. I'm in the business of life. Be kind to people, respect them, talk to them, look them in the eyes, shake their hand, and thank them for the opportunity that you got because of them. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. When you hear me work as Enzo Amore, it just, it, it it's a blurry line, man. It, yeah. you, you blur the line so much they can't read in between it. I will be 100% honest with you, man. When I, when I had my run, I hated going like signing autographs. I hated going to the gimmick table. I couldn't stand it. Oh, I was. And now, guy, now though, looking back on all of it, I talk to the fans all the time. Anytime I have an opportunity, even if they message me on social media or something, I'll, I'll do it back just because I finally, uh, you know, realized what you just said about, Hey, if it wasn't for this, Bro, people, that's how me and Cass got over, dude. Yeah. We hung out in the parking lot in little Florida shows every single fucking night after the show, I would be there signing autographs, shaking hands, Fucking kissing babies, beating everybody in Florida, right? Yeah. And I was the merch guy at NXT before I got the name Enzo Amore, before I ever had a match. Mm -hmm. I built my brand selling the t-shirts of FCW mm -hmm. to all the fans locally, right? right? Now, I'm in a building in Orlando with 200 local people mm -hmm. who all know me from the merch table. Not as Enzo Amore. I got you. And now I'm in the ring and they're like, that's our guy. That's our fucking guy, the merch guy. He's finally getting shot. Right? But I already knew me. I met them all. And then what happens when you're in London watching NXT on Hulu? You are hearing 200 people, 200 people in Orlando go, my name is. They made me a star, those people in Orlando. How did we do that? Hanging out in the parking lot after the show, talking to them. All right, so I know we're getting low on time here. So uh, Enzo, we got no more time, dog. <laughs> give, give the people uh, plug away, man. Plug away. Where can they get you? Uh, I am Smack Talker Skywalk. I got a microphone, lightsaber for a hater, and you can't get me anywhere, motherfuckers. <laughs> not a place in this world that you can get me. Okay, no, not at all. I never get got. <laughs> uh, but uh, I will say that um, if you wanted to. Um, get an Enzo Amore action figure. If you want to get one of those, you can get one of those. Cost you about $125. <laughs> I think I'm joking. I'm not. And here comes a homegirl rolling up with the certified G. <laughs> the one you're talking about. Canada exclusive. <laughs> we know what that is. We know exactly what that is. I'm one of the hottest action figures on the market. And here's my advice to young pro wrestlers, okay? Young pro wrestlers. You want to be an action figure that is so cool that kids that do not watch wrestling, kids that do not watch wrestling, walk through the aisle at Toys R Us, RIP Toys R Us. They walk through the fucking uh -huh. comic book cavalcade, <laughs> all right, and they see the toy, and it's next to Spider-Man, and it's next to Batman, and they go, I want that toy. And they don't even know who the fuck you are. Mm -hmm. You're just a cool toy. All I ever wanted to be was a really cool looking action figure. Mm -hmm. And that is what a cool looking pro wrestler is. Mm -hmm. I knew when I was a kid who the cool action figures were and I wanted them, right? Yeah. If you're a kid out there, be the toy you would buy. <laughs> be the toy you would buy. That's good, good advice. I love it. Uh, anyway, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate you, you being on here with us. And um, we'll be right back with Current Affairs. DJ, hit the music.
We're back with Current Affairs, and today we have some interesting ones. So I think I'm going to start this one off here. So, again, you know, we like to build a card here, right, on the Current Affairs. Right. And so, again, in the news recently, they are saying that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks had sent out feelers to WWE. So, honestly, are we looking at this from a perspective of like, hey – you, you are they looking for people? Do you think they would want the young buck? I mean, is that what a feeler is? Is that or is it something to where you try to send it up a, an official chain? I mean, do you know what that means? Essentially, uh, I mean, they probably. I mean, shit. The, the everybody knows everybody. I don't care who you work for. If you're in the right. business right now, you know everybody pretty much. Um, so that could be a phone call to somebody, just one of their friends. Hey. See what Hunter says. See what Road Dog says. Whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what that means, but at the same time, I'm I'm still not convinced that some of this uh, is not a work. I mean, I yeah. just I feel like it's uh, I don't know. I, I, and again, we've said this before on here because I'm not really in the loop. Yeah. Don't talk to a bunch of people and don't give a shit about half that. You know what I mean? I haven't asked. Right. And the only people that know are going to be the Bucks, uh, Omega, and Tony Khan. I really think if they're trying to do this elaborate work, which I tend to lean that way, I mean, right. we'll see. Nobody's gotten fired yet, unless I'm wrong on that. I don't think anybody's gotten fired yet or, no. or whatever. Right. They, I feel like they are actually, you're going to be surprised to hear this, being very smart. If this is what they're doing, just making it an elaborate work and using the internet to their advantage, which, in my opinion, uh, is very smart. Because if if you do it on there, then it's gospel. Anything right. you see on uh, the internet is gospel, right? Right. So exactly. I, I just feel like they're they're using the times and the new media to work an angle. That's what I think. I could be totally wrong, but we'll see. No, I totally agree with you. I think it's just a way to continue this because the only way that I heard about this feelers deal was through the dirt sheets, which they're all buddies with, you know, so. And and let's say this, you know, this supposed fight that happened. Is there any footage? No, there's not footage. And you tell me that that shit went down like it went down and somebody didn't pull their phone out. Exactly. Everybody pulls their phone out now. Especially if it was going down like that. You can't tell me that a security guard or a person that worked the building or something, because somebody was around that shit. I'm sorry. I mean, there's, I've been in those atmospheres. I know there's people all around and you're going to tell me there's no footage of that. Okay. No. And and listen to this point, in my opinion. So, okay. Shaw Khan. Uh, Tony Khan's father owns the Jaguars. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, one of the, you know, they're not the greatest team ever, right. but they are an NFL team. Okay. Right. His dad owns the Jags. I think, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, 
Tony is somewhat, he's affiliated with the Jags in some way, whether it's a small mm-hmm. executive role or whatever. Okay. Right. Think about this. The yeah. executive of the Jags owns a company right. and the executive vice presidents got into a fight with their employees. Right. And I haven't heard about that other than through Dave right. Meltzer. NFL ain't said shit. Right. <laughs> I mean, a- so, yeah. ESPN would have covered it in the late least, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, so, and nothing. So, yeah. But yeah. like I said, if, if, if they're doing what I think they're doing, I think it's smart. And right. w- what my opinions are about, you know, the guys involved and, and all that kind of stuff is a whole different story. But if they're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty smart. It is, man. I agree. So, you know, I think, I think that's pretty much that on that. So yeah. next, you know, we kind of led it in that direction. And uh, I mean, this is not officially wrestling, but NFL is back, baby. So oh, yeah. I mean, and tighten up. We, we lost. <laughs> we lost. Giants. <laughs> How very oh, tighten of us. <laughs> it, do we not just every year? It's like we have kicker problems. Yeah, totally. Every man. year. Yeah, I cannot yeah. remember a year that the Titans did not have a kicker problem. Un- you got to go back to Al Del Greco or Rob De- or Rob Baronis. Yeah, mean. yeah, he was good too. Yeah, but they, the uh, team sucked then, you know. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, uh, just like come on, man. But we've also heard things about the. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen it because I I do follow it. You know, I love the Titans. Um, oh yeah, the play calling man was. Yeah. You're going to be third and one and not hand it to Derrick Henry? Are you right. kidding? Yeah, I don't you're going to do an that. end around with a tight end. Yeah. Cut the kick the fuck out of here! I right. could have called that better playing Madden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would have called it better because it would have been Derrick Henry. I mean, put it with the king. Straight up the gut, man. Right, right. Literally. And so I guess that leads me to to these questions. So what's your predictions for the Titans? What do you think? Man, if – I mean, I saw I saw a lot of good things. Honestly, uh, the defense looked awesome, especially first half. The, the The offense looked good first half. It was like a different team the second half. Yeah. Uh, but the defense just looked it looked really good, man. I, I think that's the most promising thing because they were all over the place. They were mixing up stuff. I don't think uh, what's the quarterback uh, for the Bills, Jones? I Alan. guess. Yeah, uh, he, he. I don't think he got it at first. You know, they were all over the place, and I right. love that when I see a defense that moves around a lot because they're confusing him, and right. and I think he was confused. So yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. That's promising, and and with your coach being uh, Mike Vrabel, I mean he's a defensive guy. So if we don't have a good defense, there's a problem there. But I think he's a great coach, and right. I don't know. I think we needed to switch it up on offense though who's calling those plays yeah we'll we'll see on that but what's your what's your final what do you think your final prediction for their record or our record Mm, i don't know man i don't know um shit i think i've got i've got to see i got to see the colts because i really haven't watched them their first game uh because it's going to be one of the two i don't know uh, we should win the division but we'll see. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's NFL. Right. I'm a huge mark for NFL. Okay. Well, then here's going to make it even more difficult. All right. Can you pick the Super Bowl right now? Just your guess. Uh, no, not after week one. I can't. 
No. Okay. Um, because we've also got tonight. Uh, right. Right. You know, and as we're saying this, it's not tonight, but <laughs> it's in the past. But it's you okay. Can that, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. No, it, it fits. It's fine. So I get it. So you're not even. Yeah. I, all right. We'll leave it at that then. So. It's no, hard to say. Yeah, no official Titans predictions. Week one is too early, and then no official Super Bowl. So I'm just going to say the Bengals. How's that? Okay. I don't know. I just saw, man, there was a, I, a – Derrick Henry usually doesn't, like, give away things on his face. But after that third and one, they showed a picture of him. Like, he was walking off the field, and he was shaking his head. Yeah, and yeah. That's when I went, wow. <laughs> Because th- that was him going, why'd you not just give me the fucking ball? You know? Right, right. Uh-oh. <laughs> Let's yeah. not make him angry. But we can't, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, okay, for today, the third and final, the official PWI Top 500 is out. Yeah. And sadly, Slash Wolfie D did not make it. Action Mike Jackson was in there, but not really? Wolfie D. You know, what the heck's up there? But... Anyway, the top t- that I ever ranked in that, and it, and we all know that's a work. Sure, uh, it's you know who's writing the magazines and who they like and what's hot and what's not and blah blah blah. Anyway, I think the highest I ever ranked was like seventy five, which I thought was pretty good out of five hundred. But yeah. I was also a tag team wrestler, so right, whatever. right. So you know, they, and they never did a top tag team like this, you know, no. But which is a shame. Uh, you know? Pro Wrestling Illustrated, which I bought all the time uh, as a kid, and and then when I got in the business, you know they ranked the top ten tag teams, and me and Jamie were always in the top ten. Always, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome because well, I think what they did, and I liked it, was they would go instead of pick like five WWE teams and five yep. WCW teams, they yeah. would go all around. And they would, you know, this is the tag team champions in USWA. This is ECW. Right. This is what, this is what, this is what. And I always liked that about them because it gave equal representation to yeah. teams, you know. Yeah. And, and we always, beat some good teams, man. I mean, uh, when I say beat good teams, we were given the opportunity to fucking, you know, they put us over. Um, <clears throat> but we beat a lot of good teams, man, if you really think about it, man. Heavenly Bodies, Rock and Roll Express, Eliminators, oh. I mean. People yeah. that are well-known, we beat them, you know? I was talking to my brother, Jared, down the street. <laughs> and I was saying, you know, we were talking about, you know, the Rock and Roll Express, PG-13 combination. And, you know, then you talk about your Midnight Express is Doug and Tommy, you know? And yeah, yeah. if you think about it, that's your Midnight Express. So Yeah, I mean, absolutely, man. Great. great. Anyway, well, the top 10 of the PWI top 500, I can't tell if I should go one to 10 or 10 to one because 10 is almost more of a talking point than one. I'm going to go one to 10. All right. Who's number one? Let me hear it. You just guess who's number one. Out of wrestlers? Yeah. Single wrestlers? Yeah. Uh, It's probably either this. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to say either Roman Reigns or uh, Kenny Omega. Am I right or wrong? You're right. It's Roman. So, yeah. So, Roman is number one. Okada, the Japanese wrestler that Dave Meltzer worships the golden statue of. He is number two. (laughs) Is that the – okay. I don't – because I don't know my Japanese stuff. 
me either. I'll go ahead and say that. Is that the kid that was in the match that I produced or no? No, that's Takashita. Okay. He's he's trying to make his way over to America, but Okada is like ingrained in New Japan. I think he's wrestled for TNA, okay, or okay. Impact, but he's never wrestled for AEW or WWE, and they've both tried to get him. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. He's kind of quiet, I think. I mean, again, all those Japanese guys are different because they may not be really quiet, but you know, they're very stoic. Is it, is it, let me ask you this. Is the Ronald McDonald Japanese guy in in anywhere in there? No, no. Okay, not, not that I know of. Sure about that. Yeah, I was really I was fixing to quit the podcast if he was, but <laughs> <laughs> if wrestling has got that uh, far down, I just I don't want him to do it. <laughs> is the Ronald McDonald? I love you. It. Know what I'm talking about? I do, dude. I mean, yeah. How, how weird is that, man? I, it's I don't weird. understand. Like. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I understand Japanese culture is different. Right. But right. man, that's weird. I agree. And again, I'm, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, they I'm, pop for it. That's the thing. <laughs> they pop for it. I'm yeah, like, I'm, a, I'm a weird Mark Wolfie. I'm not really <laughs> like your normal, I love AEW Japanese wrestling Mark. Yeah. I, you know, CM Punk is not my golden god. Right. I think that I have some smarts about me. I'm like a Mark about <laughs> the powers of pain and like the, okay. the road warriors. And yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. those guys, that's what I'm a Mark about, you know. Make me believe. Make me believe. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. And Ronald McDonald. So, yeah, totally, believe. totally. You know, he's not believed. Not even Grimace. No, no. <laughs> not even Grimace. That'll be next. You yeah, just started so, something. Yeah, exactly. So number three on the list is CM Punk, your old buddy who you used to put pump knots on his head. You know, so you've actually had his blood all over you, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 like I said, I've said this a hundred times, man. When I wrestled him, man, I, I mean, I didn't see nothing special. He yeah. was a good worker, but I just didn't see that. And then I did not watch, like, his shit when he got over, you know, so I didn't watch that. So I really don't know. I mean, whatever. I don't know. I don't know, do you man. Remember, do you remember him having a chip on his shoulder at that time, or do you think that was developed a little later? Uh, probably developed a little later. I don't. I don't recall that, no. Okay. Well, hey, because I mean, that's all I remember about him. You know, I know he's had like fans come up to him and, you know, again, people that want autographs also need to know their place. Like if you're eating or you're with your family, other than that, I think it's open season. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, you know, if you're asleep, I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to wake Wolfie D up to get an autograph. I'm not going to bother you while you're eating. And I'm not going to bug you if you're sitting there chilling with your family. But, but I'll tell you what, man, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Because back in the day, there were times like that. I've been, um, you know, walked up to while I was eating at a restaurant. I'm sure. And, yeah. hey, you're Wolfie D, blah, blah, blah. And you know what, man? Dude, I, I honestly, like, I think there's some guys that are like, oh, that sucks. Uh, nah, man. You're on this platform for a reason. You got into it for a reason. And right. it's because you loved wrestling. And then also you wanted to be over. So right. that's what comes with it. So I never, I said this talking to Enzo, but 
it was because, and I think me and you have talked about this, Jamie used to want to go to the table every single night. And I hated that. I was like, no, man, no. He'd go out there without me a hundred times. And I'd be like, no, I'm not going because, and, and, and we know this about Jamie, Jamie would hang out with the fans and go to their houses and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Then you become less of a superstar. They know you. Right. I wanted to be something that they didn't know. One, one phrase that sticks in my head forever is you wouldn't see Elvis Presley sitting in a crowd. Right. And you're exactly right on that. He would not. And and that's why I did not want to be, I, I, I didn't want to be, I don't want to, and this is going to sound harsh, but I didn't want to be their friends because then I wouldn't be a superstar. Sure. Sure. If that makes sense. That's just, that's my pick on that. I don't know. But then you got Jamie Dundee going to their house, eating their food, and they're like, yeah, we sure would have liked to meet Wolfie D. And he's like, oh, Wolfie D's an asshole. Exactly. Exactly. And that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then you're getting dogged another way. So yeah. not only did you not come out to see them, you're then Jamie's like, oh, Wolfie My part is burying me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, absolutely, man. It's a no-win situation, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, I'm sorry I popped at that. So No, it's, it's the truth, man. It's yeah. the truth, and that's how it went down. Yeah. So, okay, so number three was Punk. Number four was Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page. This is probably the highest he's ever been in literal sense of that top 500 deal. Then number five was Bobby Lashley which, you know, seems to have had a great year. He's actually made the U.S. title mean something, which is important, you know. Yeah. So I always call that one Magnum's title because it's always Magnum T.A.'s belt to me. Everybody <laughs> else is just after right. that. So then you got six is Cody Rhodes. No brainer there until he got hurt, was having a banner year, had one with AEW, then he went right directly. Have you ever seen anyone go from one company to another so smoothly to where they're almost more over? You know, I mean, it just, well, I mean, yeah, think about uh, the NWO stuff. I yeah, mean, that's great. Guys were switching back yeah. and forth quick. Yeah, and some of them made huge impacts. Some of them didn't, you know. Right. But yeah, back then, man, uh, good point. Yeah. With the Monday Night Wars, it was like, holy shit, this dude just switched. Uh, and, and and I can't, I can't, you know, think of it. But there's somebody that did it on the same night, I believe. Rick Root. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine, dude? <laughs> PG thirteen. Y'all came close probably, didn't you? Because you were working all three at the same time. We did so. work all three. We did work all three. We just didn't have the, uh, like I've always said, man, you, you got to have friends in the office, man. Right, right. But think about that, though, dude. You're on one show because it was taped and delayed. And then you're on the other because it's live. That's pretty crazy to pull that off, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Rick Rude's the man. Rick Rude's the man. He's awesome. Yeah. Okay, number six was Cody. Number seven, Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan, whatever you want to call him. You know, this kid's one of the all-time greats. It's funny to even call him a kid. I was watching something the other day on the now, unfortunately, defunct Cheap Eat TV YouTube channel, and it had some stuff from Shawn Michaels' old deal, and it was Wolfie D wrestling, and it was... American Dragon Wrestling. You were on the same show, and this was when Daniel Bryan was wearing the American Dragon with the hood and the mm -hmm. tape and all that. And do you remember him around at that time? 
I, I don't. I knew you was fixing to ask me that, and I really yeah. don't, man. Uh, and obviously, we both know I forget a lot of things. But uh, I think somebody told me I worked him too, so I don't know. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I, I didn't see that part, but you probably did. But I just I saw the matches you worked early on there. So he's had a star year. I'm glad he got to come back after the concussions deal and stuff. You know that concussion stuff. They take it so seriously now. It's almost surprising that he's yeah. even in the ring. You know. But number eight is, and I'm sorry, listeners. I don't know this guy, and I know Wolfie's not. But it's Eho Del Vikingo. And okay. A, yeah. Sounds kind of like <laughs> something we would say, you know, to a, a Mexican guy, you know, but it's, like, it's a, sounds almost like Carney or something. Right. Right. <laughs> well, so yeah, he's the a Viking, you know, it's like, where is L bathroom? Oh, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And instead, that's, that's, oh my God, that's Jamie. Uh, that's Jamie Spanish. <laughs> where, <laughs> where, when we were in Puerto Rico, Mexico, whatever, him and his Spanish was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I wish there were real phone cameras. Oh, man. Then. It's so a good fun. thing, though, right? So, <laughs> Ejo del Vikingo, number eight. And okay. Mommy Ritz asked me one time, because this was after, after we went to uh, Mexico and Puerto Rico, and I'm like, look, man, I said, I took Spanish in school. I've been there. I've been there, you know, and he's like, well, Tell me what's a what's a car what's a car called? And I said Unato. <laughs> he thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever heard in his life. <laughs> and that's a that's a big rib between me and him. Unato, anyway. Unato, yeah. Well, once we get Tommy on the show, Brandon Wheeler, great listener. He's requested Tommy several times. Like what? The uh, heck? I want to get Tommy on. Oh, and again, Brandon. You know, and Wolfie knows this. We've tried several times. It's something that we want to happen, but some reason it hasn't lined up yet. But it will. It will. You know, we'll get it. We're in for the marathon, not the sprint, right, Wolfie D? Right, right, exactly. Right. So, so number nine is Big E. Unfortunately, Big E, I'd say his career is over. Hopefully, it's not, but I don't think he'll wrestle again. But you know, so this might be his last entry into the top 500. It's kind of surreal, kind of sad for him, but at the same yeah. time, curious as to why they would put him in the top ten. Yeah. I mean, because they, you know, they yeah. didn't do it before the incident. They did it right. after. So um, yeah. maybe that's yeah. a just a throwing him a bone or something. I don't know. It really seems like it because to me, yeah, it's, you're right. It's like the car that's right about to ride over the guy in Austin Powers and it's going so slow and the guy could clearly move out of the way. It's a big room. Do you remember that scene? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> He's about to roll over him and it's like a, this slow thing. It's clearly like, well, we put Big E in there and it's, it doesn't drop for six months, but we can't yeah. change it now, you know? So I don't know. <laughs> it's like the, the Ten Commandments. Bill after is tapping these names into the Ten Commandment <laughs> tablets. Right. Anyway, my coffee's kicking in. You'll have to forgive me. So, all right. <laughs> Somebody popped on the airwaves there. So, okay, number nine, Big E. Number ten, and this one I've been waiting to say because I couldn't, I didn't want to start with ten on this one, is mm. your buddy, your pal, Mr. We'll Take It Into Consideration, Jonathan Gresham. Can you believe that? <laughs> yes. I, for whatever reason, and I, and when you sent me the, the, uh, top 10, you sent me that, I think yeah. yesterday. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? 
when I saw that name, I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> he's pissed off so many people. And, yeah. dude, I mean, I, I don't want to hate on anybody, man. I really don't, man. Sure. But when I go to him and, and the rest of the guys that were in that four-way that I produced on Ric Flair's last match, and he rubs his hands together after I give them this, hey, I think y'all should do this right before the finish. And it yeah. would have been great. I'm telling you. I'm sure. It would have been great. And they could have all done it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And he rubbed his hands together and he goes, we'll take that into consideration. <laughs> so I was just like, all right. But I had, like I said, I had already been warned yeah. uh, by Road Dog, his brother, you know, a few of them. The, these guys are different now. Right. So, yeah. Right. So yeah, they 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 could have cared less. I don't know. I, I don't want to say the rest of them, but I think him in particular could have cared less what I had to say. They just and and they had a good match. I mean, they had a good sure. match. But yeah. Yeah. I just think that if they would have okay, here's the thing. Sin was the producer of the other four way. Yeah, yeah. I, and and I love Sin to death, but I wanted mine to be better. Right. And I, I, yeah. I mean, that's just, I, I, I wanted mine to be better. And I think his was better because they didn't listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did a lot of stuff, but it was all good. But if you look at the match that he produced, the people went crazy. And I don't know how much I, they probably didn't listen to him either, but that shit was good. But if they would have listened to me, their shit could have been good too. And oh, I'm not saying their match wasn't good. I'm not saying that at all. I sat there with the headphones on. Hey, go wide, go wide, go do that. I, I knew what was going on, but if they would have just did the spots I gave them at the end, it would have been so much better, but whatever. I, I guess I'm just a, I'm a fan of myself sometimes. Right. So you remember that match that you talked about that you wrestled on WWF Raw and Killer Kowalski requested that you distract the ref on the bulldog from Yeah. Okay. What if you would have said to him, Hey Killer, thanks, pal, but we'll take that <laughs> yeah, into exactly. He what, probably would have fucking smacked me. <laughs> I tell you, kid, <laughs> this <Yeah>. kid events because <laughs> I did not want to do that. I did not. I didn't think it was like necessary or whatever, but he did. And he was the agent, and I respected right. that and who he was, and I did it. You know, and I, mean? I know that's not the only option that you've probably been requested something that you're like, this is dumb, but we'll do it because we're respectful. Oh, absolutely. Mean, absolutely. And people think of you and Jamie as punks, man, as thugs, you know, as 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 the new kind of tag team at the time i'm sure they were like god these kids are wild cards we can't tie them down for nothing you know but right at the same yeah. time people thought that but you really weren't that that's the yeah, difference exactly you know? man. So, i mean we respected the business and we respected the old timers man we absolutely. did and that's that's the thing and i've said this a million times man Lately, just me doing Slammiversary uh, and me doing uh, the Ric Flair thing, there's a definite, there's a definite, um, I don't know if I want to say grudge, uh, but there's a, a miscommunication between the new guys and the old guys. Yeah. It's, it's there. It's, yeah. it's there 100%, man. I've seen it. I felt it. Yeah. But you guys also were better in the olden days, not letting the outside world 
you know, like influence the well, locker room. Well, because it wasn't there. It wasn't right. there. You didn't have the internet. You didn't have a, and, and these guys, man, they, that's what they, did I get five stars for this one? Right. Uh, Hold on. We got to go back. Star? Yeah. We got to go back then. <laughs> if I got four and a half, I'm never, I'll never live it down. Yeah. Know? So, yeah, I didn't yeah. care about that. Right. And and the people that were judging that, Meltzer, all these people, I didn't give a fuck what Meltzer thought. I yeah. really didn't. Right. I knew what was happening in the building. I knew what would in that and that's what we did then. I knew what was happening in the building. I knew if they responded. But you know, people like him I don't know how to explain it, man. It's just it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole different world, man. What I think we need to do is we need to go back into the archives and look at some of Meltzer's five star ratings or star ratings of some PG thirteen and some new church matches, and yeah. read his report on them and then see how far they're wrong, you know, or maybe they're <laughs> yeah. right. Hopefully, you know, but anyway, I think that's it for current affairs for the day. Again, you know, Enzo, thank you for hooking that up, dude. You know, yeah, I man. Mean, Rod, we appreciate you. Collar and elbow, man. Top-notch stuff. You know, Pro Wrestling Tees, we love Pro Wrestling Tees. They have our T-shirts on there. You know, we have 10 T-shirts, five, eight, seven T-shirts, something like that. You know, go buy one of those, support the team. But, hey, collar and elbow, man, they do something for the boys. Yep. They'll do things for Bobby Eaton. They do things for Tracy Smothers. I mean, they did things. Yeah, for when 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 you. the guys, unfortunately, have passed away, that's, that's one of the coolest things to me is that collar and elbow – We'll put a shirt out and they'll donate all the money to the the family and stuff. So that's, I mean, that, that just tells you right there what kind of company they are, you know? Yeah. So go support collar and elbow. Tell them Wolfie D sent you, you know, at the same time, go support medley welding. I'm telling you all, when you think of cool, like decorative metal art, I mean, don't think of him fixing your farm equipment. If you have farm equipment, he can fix it. That's not an issue. I'm talking about, when you want some cool piece of rusted metal art off of your porch or in your front yard, I mean, literally the sky is the limit for Will Medley and Medley Welding. I'm telling you, do not sleep on them. Get your decorative lawn art, <clears throat> get your decorative metal artwork. Easy for you to say. Easier for me to say. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, Will and them at the team of Medley Welding are great. Got to support Benji Bowie, Jade Roper. If you get a home through Ben, go to Jade as your lender. If you go to get some money from Jade, go buy a house from Benji. Long story short, get with our sponsors. We greatly appreciate them. If you have Absolutely. something that you want us to advertise, let's do it. Come on. Email Absolutely. is D at gmail.com. We got ears all day. Just let us know, okay? So, awesome. why do take us out, Wolfie D? Are we done? Are we done? I want to keep talking. I mean, for the day, that's all the current affairs I got for the day. So. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, thank you once again, Jimmy. Thank you uh, to all the listeners. And uh, once again, tune in next week. Um, you know who we got next week, Jimmy? We got Butterbean. Here is your winner. We got Butterbean. I know. That's pretty effing cool, man. That's pretty cool, man. We've had a yeah. uh, exciting, legendary Hall of Famer wrestlers. But now, next week, we've got one of the most famous uh, boxers ever, man. Yeah, uh, literally. 
literally. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So yeah. tune in next week. We love you guys. Thank you, Jimmy. Wolfie D, Sam, peace out. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Chic Jared are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, booty calling Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. Hey, everyone. This is Shane from Insane Shane's World. I release wrestling figures of enhancement talent, mid-card wrestlers, and wrestlers that you never thought would have a figure available. So if you're interested in adding a really cool and rare figure to your collection, then don't hesitate to contact me at shamtheman73 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-M-the-man73 at gmail.com. You can also join my Facebook group. Just search Insane Shane's World. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact 
contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast, you have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah. And remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you don't. He got a cap for you don't. He got a And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still lobbing in color. Rum rush your mother, utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Played low for a while and you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better be real. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You set a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.